So today's Father's Day, so I titled this, The Father Who Follows the Father. All right, a father who follows the, the father. And uh, so this is what I want to talk with you about. And um, this, but before I get into this, I want to, to, to remind you of something that we talked about, been talking about in the past couple of weeks when we were talking about the deception that's on the world at the, in the last days and, and, and how you can see that all of that ties into the days which we're in. And I want to remind you that, that we have an enemy out there, and I know this is like, you hear this a lot, but you need to remember this. You should remind yourself of this every day. And we have an enemy out there, and his name is Satan. Now, if you have an enemy, and he's trying to attack you, well, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to try to attack you in the area of what is most dear to your heart. All right? And this is exactly what Satan has done in the world today. He is, Satan has been working since Jesus, and he has, or since the fall of man, and he has been trying to do everything that he can to, to tear apart, to, to, to belittle, to, to tarnish the image of, to destroy, because we know he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's been working overtime to tear apart everything that God has established in this earth. But mainly what he's been working so hard to tear apart is the church. I'm talking about the big C church. Now he hits the little churches also, all right? I mean, he hits all of them. He's trying to tarnish the image of the church. He's trying to change what people believe about what the godly church that God set in place. He's trying to convince us to believe worldly things. He's trying to convince us that we don't need church. I mean, did you know now in the state of Alabama... And I've known this because for the past couple of years, but we just don't really talk about it a lot. But, you know, I was reminded of it when Anna and Nathan had to go and, and, and fill out their paperwork to, to get married. But in the state of Alabama, you don't need a, an ordained minister to get married. The courthouse marries you. When you fill your paperwork and you submit it, it's a done deal. They document the time. Everything is set. You are married once you submit that. You don't need a witness. You don't need an ordained minister. All, and, and that sounds convenient. And the, and the reasoning behind that is so that anybody can get married and they don't have to fall into any ties with the church. And all of this is, is a one way that the enemy can get in there and then and, and, and tear down the church. Make this importance of church just a little bit more insignificant, right? And that's dangerous, guys. And he's been working hard doing all of this. And, 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 and he also, he's been working extremely hard at tearing around the family, the godly family unit. All right now, he's been doing this for a long time. And you can, I don't have to explain to you how people are so confused about what a godly family unit is in today's culture. Because there, there's a lot of people that are all over the place on this. But you've got to remember something. God ordained an order for families. The father is to be the spiritual leader of the house. Now, when you say that, now, a lot of people always, and I get emails all the time there, that, that people go directly to, well, you're saying women can't be all that women can be. And I know that's not what I'm saying. Women, you can be all that you want to be. But that doesn't replace the fact that God placed the father as the spiritual leader of that. That doesn't mean he's the dictator, all right? But he is the spiritual leader. That responsibility falls on the Father, 
All right. And then and, and I know if you look at the, the, the ways of this world and society today, they want to believe you that they want to convince you that, that that's not the case, that mom can do all that man can do. But you've got to remember something. God created man a certain way and he created woman a certain way. He, quit, he created women and gifted them to be mothers. Now, and he, and he created and he gifted men the way that he did to be fathers. Right? And, and, and unfortunately, the way our society has unfolded, thank God for mothers. Because there are so many mothers, and we'll talk about that, that are having to step in and do everything. Yeah. Do both sides of the, of the, uh, both sides of the equation. And it, it's just, that's not right. But all of this comes from the fact that, that, that Satan is trying to tear apart God's family unit. What that means. And he's, of course, we all know he's, he's doing everything that he can to destroy what we view as a male or female, a mother or a father. A guy sent me a link the other day, and it was a talk show, and the lady was trying to convince the, the, the guy on the talk show that, uh, that, that, uh, that gender had nothing to do with being a mother or a father. In other words, that a father can, father, can mother just like a mother can mother, and a, and a mother can father just like a father can, can father. And, and I feel sorry for the man if he tries to breastfeed. That's all I'm going to say on that, right? That's just not going to work. Amen? But listen, it, that's just simply not true. In the, and now, you can feel that position if you have to, right? And God can supernaturally uh, gift, anoint you with, with strength if you fall into that situation. But God made fathers to be the father, and God made mothers to be the mother. Right? And that's just, that was the part of the family unit. All right? And all of that falls under God's example. All right? And we'll talk about that more here in just a little bit. But the reason that, that Satan is doing all of this, of course, is to separate us. All right? He's trying to separate us from God. And if he can keep us confused about who we are, who are confused about what, what a church is supposed to look like, or confused about what a family looks like, and get us to just constantly bickering, arguing, and they're just in chaos over these things, come on, that's not from God. And if he can do that, then he's smiling because he's successfully accomplishing what he's trying to do, which is to drive a wedge in between us and God. Amen? And, 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 and you've got to always remember... Chaos never comes from God. God is a God of structure. He is a God of order. He is a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of provision. He's a, he loves us. When you look at what he did for us, you, you can't price. You can't put a price on his love for us. But all things that are chaotic and out of order, that comes from the enemy. You know? And you can use this in your natural world. I mean, I do it when I visit a customer, whether I'm going to do business with a customer. If I meet with them and I talk with them and I'll have conversation with them, and if they're just really erratic and really all over the place and just really not sure and just really seem confused, I'm not doing business with you because I'm not going to draw myself into that, right? Because there's not the peace of God and the joy of the Lord on that situation, so I'll make my money somewhere else, amen? Very important thing. To remember all of that, because you got to remember that our enemy is trying to tear apart God's most precious thing. And that, of course, is man. We are the only thing that is made in God's image. Right? Now, if that doesn't tell you how valuable we are, I mean, we are, we're, we're pretty valuable. 
This is why I tell you that we Christians should be the most arrogant people walking the earth in a good way, right? But really, we should. We should because we are priceless. We're made in the image of God. So now, ultimately, all of these things that, that the enemy's trying to tear apart and confuse us about, guys, dads, ultimately, it's our responsibility to be teaching our family these truths, right? Just like God is over the big C church. God places, uh, 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 he, is, he is our leader, he's our guide, he's all of those things to us, then that's what we are to our family. We need to be teaching them, and we need to be instructing them. We need to be praying with them. Amen? And that, those are, those, that's, you know, I hear a lot of dads say, well, I'll never go into full-time ministry, and I'll tell you, stop lying, because you're in full-time ministry. If you're a father, your family is your ministry. You're the one that needs to be holding them up and, and, and lifting them up and praying with them, supporting them, supporting your wife. Your wife needs to hear the words out of your mouth. The wife needs to know that you love her. The wife needs to know that you think she's beautiful. Your wife needs to know that you appreciate her. Your wife needs to know that you're there for her. And the same thing goes for your children. See, there's so much responsibilities on the shoulders. Of a father, and I think if there's a lot of people in our world today that if they really, a lot of men, if they really knew the responsibility, it may may, th- may make them think, maybe I don't want to be a dad, you know. But listen, there's nothing better than being a dad. I can tell you that. Nothing greater. Jeremy says, "Amen." That you need to get a grip, you know. <laughs> That's the inside joke right there. But ultimately, guys, it's our our job, dads, to be teaching our families. And, 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 you know, you can see there's a problem in our world because there's so many single-parent households. And, and so if there's, and, and my hat's off to moms and dads that are single parents also, but it is more mothers than it is fathers. Let's just be, I've, I've been, did a lot of research and a lot of, looking at a lot of statistics, right? And, and, and when, I, when I did all of this research, I, I, was, I was studying this out, and I realized something, that there's a lot of shortcomings in the area of, of fatherhood. In other words, we've based our value on what, it, what the success of a, of a father in a lot of wrong ways. All right? In a nutshell, we've based it on worldly things. All right? But let me give you two stats. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go all the way down this list because we'd be here till next week. But listen... These two things jumped out at me, and, and it, really, it, it, it really took the wind out of my sails. But the first one is, and this is just in America. This isn't worldwide stats. This is the United States. It says, the average father spends less than five minutes a day uninterrupted time with each of his children. Less than five minutes. That's, how are you teaching? How are you even praying? How are you guiding? How are you lifting up? How are you encouraging? How are you having conversations? I mean, you, it's impossible. You're not. You're not, right? And, and you've got to remember something. Your kids are always watching and learning from you. Dads, never un- underestimate the power of your influence. They are learning from a little age when they're trying to put your shoes on and they're trying to wear your jacket and your shirt and they're trying to be like dad. They want to do what dad does. They want to talk the way dad does. And you know, <laughs> that's 
one of the main reasons parents get frustrated with their children sometimes, a lot of that comes from they end up seeing their bad habits coming out in their children, and then they react off of emotion. They're like, no, we can't have that. Stop, stop, stop. And they're getting angry at the child. But that child's just learning it from you. They're just watching you. Never forget your children are watching you. And those of you that work in kids' church, you know exactly what I'm talking about because those kids will tell you anything. They don't hold back, you know. They do not. Oh, man, I could tell you some stuff. There was this one kid in there. When I was at Rama, you know, was going through the pastoral group, we had to work in all of the children's areas. And, I mean, you, you'd have a lot of kids in your classes, you know, when you have that many people in the church. And this one little kid come up to me, and he pulled my little jacket, hey, Hey, Mr. Mr. Allen, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, what's, what's up, buddy? You know, what, what you got for me? You know, they always teach you. You get down on their level and, you know, talk to them like that. And he said, you know, I, my dad does something that really bothers me. Well, then my, my, the red flag comes up then, you know, because you're, you're being trained on all these abuse situations and all this, that, and other. I said, really, son? I said, well, let me get somebody else so we can have a conversation about this. He said, no, it's not that bad. He said, it just really bothers me. He said, it's, he won't stop passing gas while I'm trying to eat. And, I'm, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, we're all good here. All right. <laughs> I was like... Okay, well, that would bother me too, son. I was like, oh, well, you know, they're already God. We'll pray for your dad. Amen. And then dad, well, what's really bad is then, then dad comes to pick the child up. And now I'm having to hand him, you know, take the, do the information, hand him over, and I see dad, and I'm just thinking, Mr. Farticus here, you know. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know. And this, anyway, all right, back to what we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus. Y'all need some Jesus. Anyway. All right, number two, this st- another statistic that is just, <laughs> that is just really blew me away, is, is that there are more than 15 million single moms in America today. That's in America, the United States. Now, some of you understand what I'm talking about. You grew up in a family with a single mother, right? And, and, and that's a hard life because you've got to learn things that really should be coming from your father, but you've got to learn from your mother. And I'm not saying you can't learn it, but you, you can learn it better had it come from your father. Amen. That was God's original design, right? But then it goes on to say that there's actually, those 15 million mothers are actually raising more than 22 million children. That's a lot of children that aren't, and see, that's a lot of children that, that aren't being taught what it means to be a godly father. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of people that really don't know what it means to be a father. And that, that's just true. A lot of young men that will come to me and they'll ask me, you know, advise me. Give me some. Th- what What should I do? What? And, and and of course, the first thing you do is you turn them. Back, you turn them to God, because they're going to need God. You're going to need God's hand in your life if you're going to be a father. But that's a lot of kids that aren't. They're not hearing the, what they need to hear. They're not hearing appreciation. They're not hearing love. They're not seeing their father pray. Right? They're not learning things that they need to learn from their father. But one thing I learned from looking at all these statistics is is I looked at the world that we live in. We have a lot of successful men. There's a lot of successful men. And I realized something that, that when we, they're successful men, but there's a lot of unsuccessful families. When you, when you look at the number of men who are successful versus the number of broken families, and there's a lot of... Now, no family's perfect. Don't misunderstand me. But, but I'm talking about separated families. 
right? There's a, there's a, there, 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 there's a big, big, big gap right there. And, and when you see that, you see it's very clear that we have, we, we, we've based, this goes back to what I was talking about, about basing what it means to be a successful father. We've based it on just worldly ideas. Because, I mean, when you, when, your number one responsibility as a father is your family, Right? And one minister always said it like this. He said, he said, I don't need to look in your checkbook to see if you're a success. I just need to see your children. Yeah, amen. And that's just 100% true. But see, the world bases success for a man off of his business. How successful is he? What, what about his career? How much money do you make? Are you in six figures? Are you making this? Are you ma- well, I have this, I have that, I have this boat, this four-wheeler, this lake house, this, that, da, 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 da. And see, the world says that means you're a success. Or are you, are you a good athlete? You know, because you're very good with a ball, that makes you a success. Right? And we put, so, we, we put so much value in that opinion. Right? But I'm going to tell you something. There are so many businessmen who may have millions of dollars in the bank they will retire happier than a lot of people because if, from a money standpoint. But they are a complete failure in the area of family. Amen? And that's just the simple truth. And I'll just go another step further. I know ministers. I know ministers right now that have built great churches, big churches, pour their heart out to their congregation but yet failed in the area of their family with their kids because they've lost their focus of what is their number one ministry in their life. Your number one ministry in your life, dads, is your family, your wife and your children. That's, that should be everything about you. That should be everything about what you do right there, right? But see, too, so, too many of us have fallen into to, to what the worldly idea of what a father looks like, Right? And, and let me tell you something. We've, we've come into this idea that all a dad has to do is work hard and put money in the bank. And now that's part of it. Right? And I grew up with this. You know, my dad wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. I love my dad, and, 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 and he would tell you the same things that I'm telling you, the mistakes he's made. We've had these conversations. And, and, and the, the one thing that he did, he always provided for us. We always had food and we always had clothes to wear and this, that, and other. But he wasn't always around because he worked. You know, and, and, and you know, he, he worked hard and he was a hard worker, but he was never around. He wasn't at the ball games. He wasn't at this event. He wasn't at my sister's events. And, and, and I understand what that feels like. And I understand what I missed now that I'm older looking back as a result, Right? But he did provide financially. But I'm here to tell you something. There is much more than being a father than just putting money in the bank. Right? And some of you know what I'm talking about. Dad come home, work 10 or 12 hours, and he's done. He don't want to talk to nobody. He just wants to eat him something and sit down, shower, and go to bed. Right? And see, the problem is, is we've learned to accept that as just the way things are in the world that we live in. Dad works hard. Don't mess with him. But you see, Dad, you're called to be more than just a financial provider. Amen? Now, dads, if you're ever just wondering what it is, and, and, and I've, had, I've had, thank God, I've had humble young men be willing to ask this question. Because this is a very important question. And if you're ever wondering, and this, was, this is what, what the question that I've had, had, had young men ask me, is like, what am I supposed to be doing as a father? 
Well, that's a big, the answer's huge. But to start with, you can always go to God. All right? Now, I know that just, that, that just, well, that's just the typical church answer, right? Just go to God. But I'm not saying go to God that He's going to give you a specific answer. But you need to learn to go to God to look at the example He set before us. Because He set the example for us. Look with me at John 14. John chapter 14, verse 26. And most of you know this scripture very well. We quote it quite a bit. This is Jesus talking right here. And He says... But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now we know, of course, he's talking about the Holy Spirit's going to come come in us to be our Comforter. All right. Now we know the Holy Spirit is the third person of the, of the Godhead. And so, essentially put, if, if that's the Holy Spirit, guys, that's what God is to us. All right? You need to understand that. So you can look to God and look at the example of what He is to us. And that's just a start. All right? And you've got to remember that, that Greek word, uh, parakletos. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'm not really for sure. But that is the Greek word for comforter. And it actually means comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener. Stand by. See, that all of those, that is what God is to us. And that's just a start. Because when you think of God, He's Superman. He's all-powerful. He's, he's your strengthener. He is he's wisdom. He is love. He is joy. He is your provider. Guys, if you want to know what you need to be doing for your family, follow God's example. Be lifting them up. Be their provider. Be their strengthener. Be their advocate. Conversing with them. Encouraging them to pursue the God-given dreams that God has placed in their heart as a children. Because He's put them there, just like He put them in you. And don't be one to step out, stamp out the fire in their hearts, but encouraging them, holding them up, giving them wise advice so they can pursue those dreams. That's what God's calling you to do. Amen? That's exactly the roles that you're supposed to be representing to your family. See, there's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders. Right? And now, that... Uh, uh, please don't tell me that I, somebody emailed me and tell me that I'm, I'm, I'm taking away from the mother's responsibility because I'm not. All right? I'm not doing that at all. Moms, you are very important, very much a part of this equation, but we had your day the other day. Today is Dad's day, okay? So <laughs> let me just go ahead and clear that up right now. But dads, the, the reason I'm talking about this, guys, is because when families get broken and they get, they get in a situation where they're hurting, whether they've gone to church their whole life or what, they don't know what else to do, so they come to the church. And that's what we want them to do. They come here. Now, what is that, what am I, why does that matter? It matters because we see this. I don't see it very much here, but in all the, men, the churches we've been a part of, traveling and all of this and all the pastors that I know, we hear what is causing the brokenness in these families. And it's predominantly... Because of the father's lack of taking responsibility for their role as a fatherhood. Right, amen? And that, that's, just what, that's why I'm putting the emphasis on this. Dads, you need to learn to pick up that mantle. Understand, you are the spiritual leader. Does your child, do your children know you have a Bible? Do your children know that you pick it up? 
Do your children, do, the, do your children know that you're going to pray before you eat? That sounds so cliche, but I'm, and that's a whole other message, but you need to pray before you eat. Amen? We'll talk about that another day. But you, but see, your children need to know. Your children, they need to know all of these things. Does your, do your children know that you love your wife so much that you'll do anything? You'll carry her, you'll hold her when she's hurting, you'll lift her above everything else on the earth because God blessed you with this awesome woman and she is so much a part of you that you'll do anything within your heart to help her and provide for her and lift her up. See, your children need to see that so they know how to be a godly father if it's a son, but as if it's a daughter, they will know what to expect from a husband in their relationship. Amen? Because if daughters don't know what to expect, right? This is how daughters end up in abusive relationships. They don't have an example to follow. They don't know what to expect from a, from, from a partner. And then they end up in, in, in very hard relationships. Listen, and, and, uh, that, that's a whole other topic right there. But listen, you can't forget the responsibility that's, that's on your shoulders. And you've got to always remember something. You're not doing it alone. Because the biggest gripe that I get is, you don't know how much I work. I'm tired when I'm getting home. Well, I'm sorry. I work 12, 14-hour days too. I know what it's like. But what you have to do, that's when you better press into God and the Holy Spirit. And on your day home, on your ride home, that's when you're praying, God, you give me supernatural strength. Because right now my day is not over until I come home and spend that quality time with my wife and my children because that's my responsibility. I need to be able to listen to them. I don't want to gripe at them and fuss at them because I've had a bad day. And we all have been there, all right? But listen, you need to raise yourself up above the worldly standard. Set your standard high and be all that you can be. Because I'm going to tell you something, Dance. The, the time that we have with our children are, is short, it goes by really fast. And you need to be doing all that you can to be the example that you can in their life before they hit the streets on their own because then they start establishing their own beliefs. And it better be based off of the Word of God which you've instilled in them. Amen? Otherwise, they're going to base those beliefs off of some strange worldly things. And that is, that's, that's very dangerous, right? But see... So many of us have bought into this idea that, that all dad has to do is to work and, 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 and provide the money, right? And the sad thing is that, that the, there's still a parenting responsibility. And that parenting responsibility gets pushed where? To mom. It gets pushed to mom. It gets pushed to mom. And see, let me tell you something. That task doesn't only belong to mom. Now listen, it, I understand sometimes we travel and sometimes we're not always there. Been there, done that. There were times I'd be gone for weeks, right? But you still can, especially with technology today, you still can communicate with your family the way you need to be communicated, right? But listen, we gotta, dads, we got to make sure that the, that, 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 that responsibility is not all being pushed off on mother. Because let me tell you something, one of the worst statistics, 82% of Christian families in the United States receive their spiritual input from mom, not dad. 82%. But yet fathers are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the house. You see, there's, a, there's some problem there. 
of the bad problem there. You know, and, 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 and this is changing, and we'll talk about this really quick in a minute here, but this is changing, so that's good. That's good. But I want you to understand how important your job is, dads, because it is unbelievable. Because I can remember growing up, I didn't grow up in church. And the few times we went, it was always when my mom took us or when our mom made dad get out of bed and go. Right? And, and, and that wasn't good. It wasn't good because, because I didn't have that godly example pouring into my life. I made some bad mistakes when I was young before I knew Jesus. Amen? And this is happening in a lot of families throughout the world. But listen, you don't. You need spiritual advice coming from other places than just mom and your husband. Because we can't allow this trend to, 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 to go on. And I love this. I, I thank God for the Baptist Association because they're doing this massive nationwide push to disciple men to be men. And I'm very happy to see that because we need men to start stepping up and be the men that we're called to be, to be the family example they're called to be. They need men that will stand up and, and lift up their families, hold them up and lead them, give wisdom, give guidance, be, be, be all of that. See, so it, it, when it, as far as wisdom goes, there's so many parents try to parent by just being their kid's friend. And... and Kids don't need that. I, I was talking with a young man the other day, and he was talking about how he, he was happy now because he was 21. And he, I said, so what did you do on your birthday? He said, it was the first time I got to go party with my dad and mom. I said, you had to go party with your dad and mom? He said, yeah. I said, where'd you go? And he named off the few bars they went to, this, that, and other. He said, now we can all drink together. And I'm like, okay, all right. And people wonder why they're having all these issues in their family, you know. Right? I mean, just because mom and dad can drink in moderation and, and keep it in moderation, it doesn't mean that the son can keep it in moderation. And if you set that example before them, now he pursues what you were doing and he wants to do it. And if he can't control it, guess what? That's a, that is a, uh, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Amen. But listen, we need men to step up. Step into our position. We need men that aren't just focused on the corporate ladder. And aren't just focused on, on getting to the hunting club or getting to the fishing camp or, or getting to the golf course. We need men that have a heart turned back to their families. And that's coming, guys. That's happening. It's happening right now. But I want you to understand that it's happening. Because if you don't, you won't realize it. And you won't be ready to get on the train, get on this revolution. And it's coming up and it's happening. Amen? Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Before Jesus comes back, there's gonna, God's going to do a great turning of the hearts. From the, from the father to the children, and from the children to the father. And it was prophesied in the last words of the Old Testament. Look with me at Malachi. Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4. It was prophesied right there. And he says right here in verse 5, he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's good news. That's good news because what's going to happen? Well, we know in Acts 2.17, God says that He's going to have a, in the last days, that there's going to, He's going to pour out His Holy Spirit on His people, right? So there's going to be a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
why we've been preaching and teaching on the Holy Spirit. You need to understand what's coming and what's happening. So in the last days, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to come. And then God is, is going to be working to, to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and to their families. And then the hearts of the children back to the fathers. What does that mean? That means that in the, in the last days, which we're in, ladies and gentlemen, and in those days, there's going to be a supernatural anointing that's going to fall. Then it's going to, it's going to fall on us that's going to equip us to be the kind of fathers that God is calling us to be. Amen. And this is, this is because let me tell you something. God wants us to be the Ephesians 6, 4 father. It says, do not provoke fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That's how we're supposed to be bringing our kids up. Amen. And always remember, a real father, he wants the best for his family and his children. And so as a real father, you're, 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 you're looking to instill qualities and you're, you're looking to instill values into your kids, right? But you're, and a good father is always vigilant, always looking around and, and paying attention and, and correcting himself where he needs to be corrected. Lord knows I had to do a lot of correcting before I uh, became a father, right? I had to do a lot. I mean, that's just the simple truth. But a real father is always going to be looking for, for, for qualities and values to instill in their children that will, number one, sustain them, but more importantly, will always direct them to God. And see, that, dads, that's what we need to be doing. And, and, and we always think about Jesus. Because Jesus showed us God as a father of love, right? Absolutely. I mean, he was a father of... And, he, and, what, and through this, he showed us the real heart that God wants all fathers to have. And that is a heart that's turned to their families. And I, when I was putting this together, I couldn't help think about Abraham. All right? Abraham, because that was the heart that he had. That was the, you think about Abraham's heart. And, that, and because heart ha, Abraham had that heart, that's why God cut covenant with him. Genesis 18, 19, it says, God, he says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. So, so God knew him. And he knew that, that Abraham would, would command. Right, now, that word command, don't get caught up on it and thinking it's like I'm giving you something. You've got to do it. That's what you've got to do. That's actually the, the Hebrew word for that. I cannot pronounce, but it actually means to give a charge. Right? So, so God was saying, I know Abraham, and I know that he's going to give his charge to his children, encouraging them in the ways of the Lord to keep the ways of the Lord, and that they will encourage their children in the ways of the Lord, and then they will encourage their children in the ways to keep the ways of the Lord. Now, the, if this process had, consu- had continued throughout time, and everyone had done that, this world would look a totally different today. Remember, amen? Glory to God. But see, Abraham, he had that heart. And he gave that charge to his children. And as a result, this is the great part, as a result of that obedience, right, all of God's promises were fulfilled as they followed after God. Right? People want to know why, why they're not seeing God move in their life or they're not seeing the prayers answered and this, that, and the other. Well, I always have to go back. 
Are you following after God all heart, wholeheartedly? See, people want to live in the world and do what they want to do, and then when they hit a wall and they hit a problem, then they want to run to God to fix it. But yet they haven't been pursuing God, and they've been living all kind of ways, and they're going to reap the consequences of their choices, right? doesn't mean God's not going to be with them, and God can perform a miracle and bring them out of it, right? And he will be with you the whole way through it, but you're going to reap the consequences of your choices. Amen? But listen, we've got to have a heart just like Abraham because that's what God's called us to do. Have a heart, turn to our children, and create a desire in your children for the things of God. You know you can create a desire? And you create a desire by keeping something in front of you. In other words, if you're, I don't know, I mean, the first time you do a, a, some type of a drug, it doesn't necessarily mean it becomes an, a desire or, or an addiction. But the more you keep putting it there, the more you keep putting it in there, the more you keep putting it in there, it becomes, now, it, now you desire that thing, right? I always wondered, uh, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, a drinker. I did drink some back in the days and, it wasn't a big drinker then. I never could stand the taste of, of beer. I mean, it just some people love it, you know. But I don't have a desire for that, right? I, I, just could, I, I just couldn't. It wasn't for me. But what we need to do as fathers, guys, is we need to be developing that desire to, in our kids. Keeping the things of God in front of your kids. Because, guys, if we don't, then they're going to fall into the ways of the world. In other words, they're going to start... If we don't keep the Bible, God's Word, which is what we establish, what we believe on, all our beliefs are based on this. They're not based on what the world tells us. They're not based on what science tells us. They're based on the Word of God. All right? Nothing against science. I think science and the Word of God are balanced. Right? And there's a lot of other opinions about that, but that's just the simple truth. But we base what we believe right here. And, and if you, we don't put this in front of our kids' eyes and in their ears, then they're not going to establish what they believe here. They're going to fall into what they establish in their beliefs off of the, what the world says is a mom, what the world says is a dad, what the world says is a father, what the world says is a family, what the world says church can be. What, you know, how many of you know you don't want to follow after what the world's telling you? Amen. You want to believe the true one thing that we know is true, and that is the infallible Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. And let me tell you, one of the greatest things, dads, that you can do is with your kids is just impart the love of God into them. And, and the easiest way to do that is to bless your children. And I'm not talking about financially. You know, when you say bless, that's typically where people go, even though that is a part of what dads do. You know, but, but, but bless your children. Now, the, uh, the, another definitioning for bless is to speak well of. Speak well of. And I'm going to tell you something. The greatest thing that a father can ever do is not put a million dollars in the bank. It's just tell your kids, give them your approval. Because that's what they want. They want to know that you, they want to know that, you know, that dad is right there. That dad approves me. He approves me. He loves me. I, I'm, I, I'm the greatest thing in his eyes next to mom. And, 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 and that's my dad. He's Superman. And he's my provider. He's my strengthener. He's my fighter. He's going to pray with me, pray for me, lift me up, encourage me. That's my dad. I love him. Right? That's what we need to do. Give them your approval. And when I was, th- I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but thinking about 
Esau. So we're talking about uh, a father's blessing. Jacob wanted his father's blessing so bad that he tricked Esau into, into giving him his blessing, right? And then what made me think about this was what, when, I look, when you look at Esau's reaction. You know, he was, he was devastated. And, 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 and in Genesis twenty-seven thirty-eight, Esau's pleaded with his dad. He says, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. And Esau broke down and cried. See, he didn't get the blessing. He didn't get encouragement. He didn't get, now, I'm, he, 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 but he, he was left with a void that nothing else could fill. And he did, he, he, only thing he could do was cry out. And I'm going to tell you something. That cry as a pastor, and some of you, we hear it all the time today. We hear that cry, not his cry, but I'm talking about a cry from people who have been left with this void. In other words, they've grown up without a dad, without a father, without receiving a father's approval. Because I'm going to tell you something, there are so many children who are desperately crying out for our approval, wanting to know that we appreciate them, wanting to know that we love them unconditionally, wanting to have a pat on the back, a hug hug in a time of need. Come on, and knowing that someone's sitting with me, praying with me, listening, engaging me in conversation. Guys, the blessing of a father is so important that there are many, many, many adults who spend their entire life trying to get that approval somewhere else. They try to find it in careers. They try to find it in other people. And I'm going to tell you something, dads, with daughters... You need to make sure your daughters understand how much you love them unconditionally, how much you approve of them. And they, under, they need to understand uh, that, 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 that you love them more than anything because if you don't give them that, they're going to look for it in a relationship down the road. Right? And a lot of times it's not a good relationship. Amen? The responsibility's on us. But a lot of people that grow up without a father, they spend a lifetime looking for it. From other people in other ways, and I'm a, that 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 reminds me uh, of how important the church is. Never, never, never forget the the value of your church, because you may not have a natural father in your family, but you got a spiritual father in heaven who knew you in the womb, and he had a plan for you, and you are so special he, that you're the only one that he can that can accomplish it, and he he knows this about you, he loves you, and he will put a spiritual father in this earth that can speak into your life called your pastor. Amen? So, don't get lost trying to seek approval from the wrong places. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if in the last days, and we're seeing this, that God is turning, He's going to turn the hearts for fathers to, to the children and the hearts of children back to the fathers. We're seeing this more because we're seeing more men that are actually being godly men, that are actually taking their responsibility, that are actually teaching their kids the things that they need to be teaching them. Amen? And if God's doing that, then He's doing some stuff right now. And first, He's, he's supernaturally equipping single moms to be all that they can be so that they can raise a family the best that they can raise a family in the absence of a father or a husband. 
But even greater than that, He is working in the lives of these young men, in the hearts of these young men. He's putting people in their lives that they'll listen to. And He's telling a new generation of young men how they need to to step into the important role of being a father. They need to be the godly example for the people on this earth just as He is the godly example to us. he's, He's encouraging them to step into all that He has for them so that they can be a blessing for their future families. And see, all of this is happening. All of this is happening. And dads, I want to encourage you as I close today. I want to encourage you. Get on the, get on the bandwagon. Get on the train. Right? If you, and always be humble enough to look at yourself and see, is there any area I need to adjust? Do I need to put more quality time with my children? I don't care what, how old they are. Or do I need to put more quality time with my wife? Right? God blessed you with, a, with an amazing woman. Don't take those things for granted, guys. And, 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 and step up and follow the example that God set for us. And remember, you're not doing it alone. Because, see, God has given us the Holy Spirit so that you can be the most success, the biggest success in the most important area of your life, and that's your family. You just have to do it by faith. You just have to do it. See, God gave us a free will to choose. You can take the responsibility or just push it to the side and let, let, your, let your family turn out however they turn out, however they turn out, it's how they turn out. I'm not worried about it, which is the attitude of a lot of people today. But don't be that person. Be the man of God you've been called to be, empowered and to, to, uh, to do the calling that he's, he's placed on your life and be the man of God that he wants you to be. And I'm going to tell you really quick, I'm going to tell you something really quick that will help you. That if you'll do this every day, dads, if, when you get up, before you put your feet on the floor, before, and you get before God, and you just, you just make a simple confession. God, I'm going to be the father that my children see in me. All right, just do that every day. And remind yourself of it as you go through the day. Because your children see you just like we see God. See, I see God as Superman. I see Him uh, full of strength. I see Him full of love. I see Him full of joy. I see Him full of wisdom, full of compassion, full of peace, full of provision. Dads, that's exactly how your children see you. You may not realize it, but that's how they see you. Nobody can beat up my dad. My dad's Superman. I can actually remember the day that I actually realized that my dad wasn't Superman. I was like, wow. Dad's really not Superman. Mom, what happened, you know? But dads, if you will take that approach and do all that you can do to be the dad that your children see in you, it'll change your family, change your family. Glory to God. Let's pray.